Bible says, if a man wants friends, he must show himself friendly. But I'm glad even when my earthly friends can't be with me, there is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. I love my brother with all my heart. I miss him dearly. I'm going to see him tomorrow. I'm going to get up early in the morning. I'm going to spend a couple days with Joe. And you know what? I already miss him when I know I'm fixing to leave. But you know what? He can't be everywhere with me. He can't, he can't meet me in my darkest hour. But there is a friend. His name is Jesus. And he'll be with you through thick and thin. I've had friends that, listen, when they got thick, they thinned out. But he never will. He never will. Romans chapter 13 in verse number 11. When you get there, say amen. It says, in that knowing the time, that now, right now, it is high time to awake out of sleep. Did anybody growing up, maybe the old timers, I've heard the old timers use it more than anything, it's high time you get your home. Anybody ever hear that before? You know when they slid that high in there, that you better get it home. That meant, I mean what I'm saying. The Bible says it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. I believe with all my heart we're closer to the return of Christ than you can ever imagine. I believe we're right on the threshold of the rapture. I believe we're right on the threshold of the trumpet sound. I believe he's puckering his lips right now. I believe it could be any moment. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. Let's read verse 11 one more time, all together in concert. And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for the spirit in this place. Thank you for your presence, Lord. Thank you for your promises. And Lord, we need to feel your power in this message. We need to feel your unction. We need to feel your anointing. Lord, I didn't come for me. I come for you, and I came for those who need you. Lord, I pray that your will be done today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I want to preach just a few moments on the subject. We're running out of time. We're running out of time. There are, there are TV shows uh, on TV that's very exciting that people like to watch. People that are trying to, uh, they're trying to finish a house in a, a limited amount of time. They have a deadline that they have to have the whole house finished. I've seen uh, TV shows where they have to get a car built or a car put back together and fixed and done at a certain period of time in a deadline. And it's all about racing against the clock beating the clock, having a job to do, having a purpose to fulfill, and beating the clock. And, and, and one thing that you hear throughout the show, uh, we're running out of, we got a lot to do and a short time to get there. We are running out of time. And I believe with all my heart, God has put a message on my heart for this morning to help everybody understand we're running out of time. We live like there'll always be a tomorrow. We live like we're going to live forever. We live like it's always going to be like it always has been. But I'm telling you, church, we're running out of time. 
We're running out of time. The Bible says that we are, uh, he wanted us to, he said, teach us to number our days, that knowing the time, we need to redeem the time. It is high time to wake up out of sleep. The night is far spent. We're running out of time, Jesus says. There are three areas that I want to talk to you about today. There are three areas, basically three kinds of people that I want to address this morning. Time is running out for three kinds of people. Uh, Listen, the first one, number one, Time is running out for the lost sinner. Time is running out for the lost sinner. There's no doubt in my mind. There's no doubt in my mind in this building this morning. There are folks in here that do not know the Lord as your personal Savior. You may be very familiar with church. You may be very familiar with this is, this, this is the B-I-B-L-E. That's the book for me. Uh, you may be familiar with Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. You may be familiar with all the formalities. You may be familiar with all the church. But I promise you this. If you die without the Lord Jesus Christ, I don't care how much Bible you know. I don't care how many times you've attended the house of God. If the Lord Jesus Christ is not in your heart, if you do not have the Spirit of God in your soul, if your name is not written in the Lamb's book of life, if you've never repented of your sins and come to the Lord for salvation, you will die and go to hell. Time's running out. Time is running out. I, I, I've, I've always been, and I know there's some, there's changes in this world, and 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 I've, I've, I've tried to do things, but I, I just can't help what I am. I'm just an old-fashioned hellfire and brimstone Baptist preacher. That's just what I am. I, I've tried to be a lot of things, and I've tried to do a lot of things, and and I try to teach, uh, uh, but I, I, I end up teaching. I'm apt to preach at any moment because that's what God put in me, and that's what I am. I would never do anything to scare anybody off. I'm not here to do no scare taxes today. I'm here to tell you what the Bible says. I'm here to tell you what God told me to tell you this morning. God wants you to know that time's running out. Listen, why is time running out for the lost sinner? Because time, A, write this down, time is uncertain. Time is uncertain. I've heard people say, well, I'm going to sow my wild oats and then I'll come to Christ. You don't know how, how much time that you have. The Bible says in James 4.14, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. You know not what shall be on the morrow. This, this phrase and this verse has to, do, has to do with somebody who is making plans for the future. They're saying, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. We're going to buy this and we're going to buy that. We're going to have this business and that business. We're going to do this and that. But listen, God says the best thing you can do is understand you need to be in the will of God. You don't need to worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow may never come. What is the morrow? You don't know what's going to be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor. It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. I took a shower this morning. I took a hot shower this morning. And that that fog on the mirror, when I got out of the shower, there it was. But you know what? It was only there for a short period of time. It was only a vapor that was there for just a few moments. And then it is gone. You know what God says? Your life today on this earth is just like that vapor. It is here today and gone tomorrow. I remember when I walked out of that, 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 that room, that delivery room, holding Jordan in my hand, and I thought I was the king of the world. That was one of the greatest days of my life. And I walk out of that room, and now she's about to get a driver's license. It's going by like a whirlwind. Life is going by. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Young people... Young people, teenagers, listen, you think you've got all of this time, but do you realize there's just as many teenagers in, in the graveyard as there are old people? Listen, 
We're not promised tomorrow. Time is uncertain. Time is running out. Time is uncertain. I don't know that I'll be here tonight. I don't know that I'll be here tomorrow. I've been in services and listen, get phone calls and people that I never dreamed in a million years dropped dead of a heart attack. A dear friend of mine, when I was living in South Carolina, I grew up, we went to school together, graduated high school together, we were best buddies, listen, and everything, and he died in his low, low 20s. I looked at, when I went to do his funeral, I was living in South Carolina, and I come back to do his funeral, and on the death certificate it said, cause of death unknown. It's not always an accident. It's not always a tragedy. It's not always a disease. It could just happen. Time's running out. Time is running out for the lost sinner. Time is uncertain. Matthew 24 says this, verse, verse 36, But of that day and hour knoweth no man. That day and hour knoweth no man. I don't care what Benny Hinn said. I, I, I don't care what that other dude on, on TV who, who proclaims to know and, and charts everything. Uh, what's his name? You know, uh, uh, He's a good guy, but he, he don't have a clue, huh? Not John Hagee, no, no, no. Anyhow, Rexella, Rexella, big hair Rexella and his... Uh, uh, Van Impey, that's him. Van Impey, I, I promise you. He's a great guy and knows more of the Bible than I ever know, but I promise you this, he does not know when Jesus is coming. Do you understand me? The Bible says, neither, neither the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Say, why are you saying that? Because you're going to be flipping through the channels and some bird's going to come up saying, I can tell you, everybody's saying now uh, 2012. They're saying these are going to line up and that's going to cross. I don't care what happens out there. It may be 2012, but it may be 2009 tonight. Nobody knows but God the Father. The Bible says, but as that days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two be in the field. The one shall be taken and the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill. The one shall be taken and the other left. Watch therefore, for you know not what hour the Lord doth come. Preacher, what are you saying? It could be any moment. I believe in the soon coming King. I believe the rapture is imminent. I don't believe we have time to waste. If you don't know God, trust Him this morning. Listen. The Bible says they're just going to live like it's always been. They're going to live like they'll always be tomorrow, just like they did in Noah's day. Noah was a preacher of the gospel. Noah preached every single day. Every time he'd let that hammer fall, he'd tell him judgment is coming. Every time he'd drive a nail, judgment is coming. Every time he'd put pitch on the side of that ark, judgment is coming. You need to trust God. You need to get in this ark. But they said there'll always be a day. Just like they're doing today. Preacher of the gospel and stand and sweat down to his socks and rot the clothes off his body and they ignore the truth of the gospel. Just like in the day of Noah, judgment will come. It will come. Church, say amen. Time is uncertain for the lost sinner. Number B. This is not alliterated, but this is what God told me to write, so just write it down. Opportunity is limited. Opportunity is limited. Preacher, what are you saying? I've heard people say this. Well, as soon as I live my life, then, then I'll come to God. Well, there's only one problem with that. You don't come to Him till He invites you. 
No man can come into the Father without being wooed by the Spirit. You can't go to the party without an invitation. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. In Genesis 6, verse 3, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man. My spirit shall not always strive with man. I looked up that word strive. It means to plead the cause. To plead the cause. You know what's happening this morning? Uh, there's people in here, their hearts is right up here in the Adam's apple right now. God is dealing with you. God is convicting you right now. God is working on your soul. God is working on your heart right now. You feel the conviction of the Holy Ghost. He is pleading the cause. He is pleading with you to believe the preacher of the gospel. He is pleading with you to believe the truth that's in this book. He is pleading the cause and and begging you to get saved, begging you to trust God. I promise you this, He won't always do that. He shall not always strive with man. There will be a day coming soon. If you reject that call, if you reject that plea, if you reject that request, God will withdraw His Spirit from you. The old timers used to call it sinning away your day of grace. I believe it. Listen, I've seen people come into visitation, or excuse me, come in in the invitation service and hold the back end of that pew, and I mean grip it till their knuckles turn white under deep Holy Ghost conviction, service after service after service, and then one point and one time, all of a sudden, no expression whatsoever. And I believe God withdrew that pleading call. Listen, we're running out of time for the lost sinner because opportunity is limited. Second Corinthians 6 verse 2. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted. And in the day of salvation I have succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Proverbs 29.1. Watch this. Listen up, y'all. He that being often reproved, in other words, you keep hearing it, you keep hearing it, you keep hearing it, you keep hearing the preaching, you keep hearing the invitation, you keep hearing the request, you keep hearing God pleading the cause with you. He that often reproved hardeneth his neck shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. The Bible says in Proverbs 128, Then shall they call upon me, and I will not answer. They shall seek me early, but they shall not find me. For they hated knowledge, they did not choose to fear the Lord. They would none of my counsel, they despised all of my reproof. What a sad day. What a sad day it was for Paul to preach. Preach to Felix. The Bible said as he, as he, as he reasoned temperance, he reasoned of the gospel. Listen, he tried his best to reach them. The Bible says that he said, with trembling, oh, come back for a more convenient season. Never again do we find a place where he got saved. At another time, at another time he was preaching, he said, almost, almost, thou persuadest me to be a Christian. To me, that's the saddest words in the Bible. running out time's running out I've heard heard illustration after illustration after illustration listen I remember one young lady my dad's church in Okeechobee Florida my dad and mom went to visit her to invite her to church 
and she knew she needed to be saved. She had been under conviction for a while, and on a Friday night, my mom and dad begged her to get saved. Begged her to get saved. No, I want to get saved in church. I want to get saved in church. I want to be in the building. I want to get saved in church. But you know what it was? It was just like Pharaoh. I want one more night with them frogs. She wanted one more night, one more time, one more shot out in the world. Went to a bar one more time on Saturday night. And she died in a tragic car accident Saturday night. She never made it to Sunday morning say but preacher I'm going to get saved at church at 11 o'clock but your timetable may be up at 10.30 Saturday night it is appointed unto man once to die and after that the judgment what does that mean everybody's got an appointment you come to God when God is calling you oh but I'm a church member I wouldn't go to hell for nobody I've seen preachers' wives get saved. I've seen, listen, I've seen pastors get saved. Listen, they they believed in a religion. They just got used to church, and here we go. I'm telling you this, if God is convicting your heart, if God is drawing your heart, and God is telling you you need to get saved, you need to trust Him today. I don't care what age you are, but whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Time's running out. 1.78 1.78 people. I don't know how they come up with that, but 1.78 people die every second. Every minute, 106 people die every minute. Every hour, 6,392 people die and go into eternity every hour. Every day, 153,424 people die and go into eternity. Every month, 4,679,452 people go into eternity every month. Every year, 56 million people die and go into eternity. Every single year. We're running out of time. Number one, we're running out of time for the lost sinner. Say that with me. We're running out of time for the... Number two, we're running out of time for the lawless saint. The lawless saint. You say, why did you use the word lawless? You're living like there is no law. I'm not saved by the law. I'm not, I'm not in by the law. But the Bible says when I got saved, he put the law in my heart. I don't believe in being legalistic. I don't believe in following the law of Moses. But I do believe in following this book. And there are people today that are saved and born again, and they are not following this book. You say, oh, but, but, but you believe in once saved, always saved. Yes, sir, I do. One million percent. I believe that once you're saved, you're saved for good, that you're sealed by the Holy Spirit of God. It's not by works lest any man should boast. If you can't work to get it, you're not going to work to keep it. And I believe in, in, listen, grace. I believe in securing grace. I believe in eternal salvation. But I'm here to tell you, I've heard people say this. Well, you Baptists, you just believe you can do anything you want to do and everything's all right. You're only half wrong right there. Listen, I do not believe that. I do not believe everything will be all right. I believe I have a Father in heaven. When I was growing up here on this earth, I had a daddy that if I did wrong, he explained to me with the belt that that is not what I should do. He chastened me because he loved me. He corrected me because he loved me and listen he did not want anything to slide he did not want me to be a hoodlum he did not want me to be a criminal he did not want me to be in the prison system and I'm telling you if we had more daddies like that today we'd have a whole less problems in this world today he loved me and he cared about me and he corrected me 
And he told me, listen, I love you, and I don't want you to do that. Because if you do that, you're going to lose your life. And you're going to end up with nothing in life. You'll destroy your life. And we've got a Father in heaven. The Bible said, whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. He will chasten you. He will come after you. He will not sweep anything under the rug. You say, but I'm getting away with it. You won't get away with it for long. Time's running out. Time's running out for the lawless saint. Listen, I want to share with you just a couple things. You may be playing games with me. You may be doing things you, that, that, that I don't know about. There's a lot of people that come up to me and get mad at me. Well, do you know so-and-so? I don't know all these things. I'm not a psychic. Are y'all with me? Say amen. I don't know what everybody's doing in their home. That's not my job. My job is to preach the gospel. It's the Holy Ghost's job to go with you and convict you and draw you. It's my job to preach what he tells me to preach. But you're living in a way you know is wrong. You're doing things you know is not right. You're not right with God right now and you know it. You think you can just get by with it. Well, I promise you, time's running out. Time's running out. Why? Because of the correction that follows. The correction that follows. I can get away from God for just a moment, just a little, just a little bit, just slide a little bit. And boy, my heart is convicted just like that. The Holy Spirit will convict you of sin. He'll jump up and down in your spirit. He'll jump up and down in your soul and show you that is not what you're supposed to be doing. There are three levels of of correction that I find. The Bible says this. The Bible says this. It says in Hebrews 12, verse 5 and 6, And ye have forgotten the exhortation which speaketh unto you as unto children. My son, despise not thou the chastening of the Lord, nor faint when thou art rebuked of him. Rebuked of him. Underline rebuke. You were rebuked of him. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. Underline chasteneth. And scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. Three levels of correction that I see there. Three levels of discipline. There is a rebuke. I'm glad God will speak as a still small voice. But he can roar like a lion. There are some there are some people's children that you can say and get their attention. I have children that I can speak loudly or speak in an upper tone and it gets their attention. And I've got others it don't. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? You say, well, what does God use on you? Whatever it takes to get your attention. If God can rebuke you and get you back in line, that's what God will do. But if He has to take it a little further and apply a little more pressure, apply a little more discipline, apply a little more punishment, He will get your attention. And God will do whatever it takes. You say, but preacher, what is the point you're trying to make? The point I'm trying to make is you're running out of time because every day you stay in that life, every day you stay in that sin, if I regard iniquity in my heart, He will not hear me. What happens if a tragedy comes in your life and you've got sin in your heart and you can't pray? Every time that correction gets stronger and stronger and stronger. I've been corrected by God. And I promise you, his belt's bigger than my daddy. My first semester in college, I went to North or South Carolina. I grew up in South Florida my whole life. Palm trees and crab legs. Say amen. Sunshine. 80 degrees, 70 degrees year-round. Hallelujah. I went to South Carolina during the wintertime. First time i ever seen snow in my entire life. I was 18 years old, never seen snow in my entire life. I got a job with a landscaper, and they made us pick onions. You know them wild onions on the side of a clay, red clay bank. At Listen, 20 degrees, I felt below zero. But it wasn't. It was 20 degrees. 
I thought I'd stepped off into ice hell. I did. I thought this is not the will of God for my life. There's no way this could be the will of God for my life. I was so homesick. I wanted to go home so bad. I didn't care about nothing. I said, boy, if I can never get home, I won't never come back. I'm going to play this thing along. I'm going to finish this semester out, and I'm going to go home, and I'm going to act like God has called me back to Florida. I made up my mind I wasn't going back for nobody. I got in arguments with my dad. I got in arguments with my mom. And I was rebellious and just saying stupid things and acting stupid ways. And and dad, listen, he let me do that because he knew God's going to get you. And you know what? God got me. I went and played. Matter of fact, I even even moved in with my cousin. My cousin. Oh, God help him. Uh, uh, He he led me astray. It was his fault. Amen. I, I joined the baseball team. And, and I'd made it, I'm not going back. I'm not going back. And, and we was out playing and, and, and shagging fly balls. We was out there before the coaches got out there, and I was out in the outfield, they was hitting fly balls, and I was running, and I was running as hard as I could run, wide open. I wasn't fat then. I could run then. I could fly. And I was running wide open, and I jumped and grabbed the ball and turned around, and I kissed the chain link fence. It cut my face all to pieces. I fell to the ground. And I had blood and tears and everything else running down my face. And I was looking dead up to the sky. And you ain't going to believe the first thought that come to my mind. If I was in South Carolina, I wouldn't be laying here bleeding. And I bet you can't believe where I was at two weeks later. It took two weeks for the scabs to heal and I broke camp. Oh, do you really believe God is real. And I belong to him. My dad didn't have to whip me. But he knew when I come home like that, he knew God done done it. Nobody had to say, how about going to school? I said, get out of my way. I got to pack my bags. Oh, do you believe that? I guarantee you, if I could talk to saints in this and let them stand and testify, you could tell stories of your own how God got your attention. Oh, that don't seem too bad to me. I can tough. Okay, let me tell you the last resort. The Bible says there is a correction that follows, but then there is a consequence that's final. There's a consequence that's final. 1 John 5, verse 16, you don't turn. Matter of fact, if you want to, you can turn to Amos chapter 4. We're going to read just a couple verses out of there. 1 John chapter 5, verse 16, If any man see his brother sin a sin which is not unto death, he shall ask, and he shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. There is a sin unto death. Oh, but that's for the law. No, 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 no. Let's go back to the first part. If any man see his brother, you're not a brother unless you're in the family. The Bible said there is a sin unto death. Turn with me to Amos. Chapter number 4. Quickly, quickly. Amos chapter number 4. Why you turn? Do y'all have that up there? All right. If you don't have your Bible, just look up here on the screen. I want to read this for you. The Bible says, And I also, God is speaking to Israel, And I also have given you cleanness of teeth and all your... In other words, they didn't have anything to eat. They didn't have no food. Cleanness of teeth and want of bread in all your places. Yet have you not returned unto me, saith the Lord. And I also have withholding the rain. So they gave drought. 
when there were yet three months to the harvest, and I caused it to rain upon one city, and caused it not to rain upon another city. One piece was rained upon, and the piece whereupon it rained not withered. So two or three cities wandered unto one city to drink water, but they were not satisfied. Yet have you not returned unto me, saith the Lord. I have smitten you with blasting and mildew, when your gardens and your vineyards and your fig trees and your olive trees increased, and palmer were and devoured them. Yet have you not returned unto me, saith the Lord. I have sent among you pestilence after the manner of Egypt, your young men have I slain with the swords, and I have taken away your horses, and I have made the stink of your camps to come up under your nostrils. Say it with me, yet have you not returned unto me, saith the Lord. I have overthrown some of you as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, and ye were as firebrand plucked out of the burning. Say it with me, yet have you not returned unto me, saith the Lord. Therefore thus will I do unto thee, O Israel, and because I will do this unto thee, read it with me. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. If you're born again and you're not living like you're supposed to be living, and God has tried and tried and tried and tried to get your attention, He cannot. There's one thing left. Prepare to meet thy God. Oh, oh, you, oh, come on. You really, you really believe that, that, that God would, 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 would kill somebody? Let me read this. 1 Corinthians 5 5. Y'all help me now. Help me now, Brother Steve. 1 Corinthians 5 5. To deliver, now this is talking about the young man that was, was having a, 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 an affair with his stepmother in the Corinthian church. He said, if he does not make it right, if he does not repent, if he does not do right by this situation, it says, to deliver such a one unto Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that the spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. Preacher, you telling me I could leave out of here early? That's exactly what I'm telling you. How many of y'all remember a comedian by the name of San Kennison? Put his picture up there. Sam Kennison. He was one of he, he was one of the most vile comedians. Vulgar, just wicked. But a lot of people don't understand or don't know before that. All they know is the MTV Sam Kennison. All they know is the, the TV Sam Kennison. All they know is what they've seen in the movie. But what they do not realize is that he used to be a Pentecostal preacher. His daddy was a Pentecostal preacher. And if I'm right, if I remember, his, his granddaddy was a Pentecostal preacher. He had difficulties in his life and left the ministry. And turned as much as he was for God, he turned and went for Satan. He made fun of everything that was godly. He made fun of everything that had anything to do with God or church. He had a personalized tag on his vehicle that said X-Rev. Made jokes about it. Made jokes about alcoholism. Made jokes about drinking. Made jokes about sin and debauchery like you can never imagine. Listen, it was nothing but a joke to him. He was bitter against God. He was bitter against the world. He was bitter against everything. You believe he was saved? I sure do. Oh, my goodness. You really believe that? I sure do. I was studying this. I was studying this. And, 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 and when, I first, when I first began to read about this and study this, boy, it just gritted my teeth. The things that he said and the way he treated the name of Christ and the way he treated church and preachers and God's people. 
And I just got that rage, that inside. And boy, I began to study it more. And I began to see a broken Christian who got bitter against the world and other Christian people. Oh, that's terrible. That can happen. That can happen. Let me read to you what happened. Sam Kennison died in the desert talking to God. The high decibel, this is not out of a Christian magazine either. Listen, this high decibel comic and former Pentecostal preacher was driving to a sold out run in Laughlin, Nevada on the evening of April 10th, 1992 when his Trans Am had which had the personal tag that read X-Rev, collided head-on with a pickup truck. You say, what's so ironic about that? The very thing he promoted when he got away from God, the very thing he made fun of, the very thing he said he would make jokes about drinking and driving, say, well, how else are you going to get the car home? Ha, 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 and they would laugh it up and make big... That's exactly how he died. A 17-year-old drunk driver run across the median and hit him head-on. Immediately after the crash, immediately after the crash, about 7.30 p.m. on Friday, Kennison at first appeared fine, said friends who watched the crash from a second car behind. With only minor cuts on his lips and forehead, he wrenched himself free of his mangled vehicle and lay down only after his friends begged him to. He said, I don't want to die. I don't want to die. Not yet, not now, recounted his best friend, Carl LaBeouf who held Kennison's bleeding head in his hands. Kennison paused as if listening to a voice that couldn't be heard. LaBeouf said, why? He said that Kennison said, but why? As if talking to someone else. It sounded as if he had a conversation talking above. Then I heard him go, okay, okay, okay. The last okay was so soft and at peace, and he just relaxed with it and died. He died on the scene. Preacher, what are you saying? Boy, God changed my heart. God changed the way I seen this man. 38 years old, and in pictures he looked like he was 100 because he was running from God 100 miles an hour. He was bitter against things, and I, I, I know a few things that happened. And Listen, it's easy to get bitter against God and His people. But that does not negate the fact that you will stand before Him and you still belong to Him. And I believe with all my heart, if you're living in sin and God has tried to correct you, God has tried to get your attention, God has tried to deal with you and you keep turning your back on Him, you keep living the way you want to live, I promise you this, this will come. God is patient and God is long-suffering, but God does not put up with it forever. And if he has tried reproof, if he has tried chastening, if he has tried scourging, and that did not work, that is the next step. Church, say amen. Time's running out. Time's running out. Well, I, I, seen it. I seen a picture of his grave. It said, in another place, in another time, he would have been called prophet. I read a quote, and I wasn't even going to quote this because I can't, I, I can't stand But Ozzy Osbourne, y'all know him, Prince of Darkness, Ozzy Osbourne, wicked as hell itself. He said, this may offend some of my followers, but I heard that Sam was talking to God at the, at the, the accident scene. He said, this may offend some of my people, but I do not believe Sam is where they think he is. 
listen, even a hell-bound sinner. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying this. There's no accident that you're here this morning. There's no accident that you came and God wanted you to hear what I got to say. What do we need to do? I'd find a place in this altar so fast. So fast. Listen, time's running out. Number three. Number one, time's running out for the for the lost sinner. Number number two, time is running out for the number three, write this down. Time's running out for the laboring servant. Time is running out. And, and, and you know what? I know what some of you are thinking. Some of you are thinking, well, you might you must have known I was going to be here. No. I came this morning. I studied all week for number three. I studied all all week for number three to motivate our church for what we're going to do for Easter. God put them other two. Because I didn't know you was going to be here. But God did. Now, church, time is running out for the laboring servant. We're running out of time. We have people say, well, I'm, I'm going to get busy. Well, I'm going to do something for God. Boy, just as soon as I figure out what God wants me to... Boy, just as soon as God shows me something... Boy, just as soon as God tells me what His will for my life... Just as, And you've sat there for months and even years. Time's running out. The Bible says, Ecclesiastes 9, verse 10, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. Watch this. For there is no work, nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave, whether thou goest. Church, if we're going to do it, we've got to get it done. Listen, why is time, why is it so important? Why is it so imperative, preacher? Because A, we have an appointed time. We have an appointed time. The Bible says, the Bible says in Hebrews 9, 27, And as it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this the judgment. I'm late for all kind of appointments, but I will not be late for that one. That is not one I can cancel. That is not one that I can call off. That is not one that I can extend and get to a later date. That is one appointment that we all will keep. Did it ever dawn on you? Did it ever dawn on you that as Jesus was here on this earth, and remember when he was twelve years old in the temple, confounding the wise, asking them questions and answering them questions, and, and when his parents got there, he said this, Wish ye not that I must be about my father's business. If you take that phrase and study it out, he's saying, I must get an early start on what I'm here to do. Why do you think he was in such a hurry? Why do you think it was imperative to him to get busy doing what he was doing. Later on in the Gospels, you'll find out that he said, I must work the works of him that sent me for the night cometh when no man can work. We must work the works of him that sent us now. we got to get busy now. Jesus knew that there was a 33-year window. There was a 33-year period. He had an appointed time. He had to get done what he was going to get done and get it done now. I don't know if you know this, but we all have a period of time. We have an appointment that's waiting on us, and we got to quit procrastinating. we got to quit putting it off we got to get busy now we're running out of time our day is coming our day is coming our deadline is coming that time which will be no more it's coming we better do it now if you've got a lost loved one you better share the gospel now if you've got a friend you better share the gospel now if you've got somebody that you need to get saved 
Tell them now. Tell them now. We're running out of time. We're running out of time. There's an absolute. Listen, there's an appointed time. Then I read this verse. There's an absolute tragedy. 1 Corinthians 15, 34. 1 Corinthians 15, 34. Awake to righteousness and sin not. And watch what he says. Read it with me. For some have not... Come on now. Come on, read it with me. For some have not the knowledge of God. How many people are we going to pass every day in life and they die and go to hell, and one day we'll see them at the judgment, the great white throne judgment. And they'll turn around and say, you never told me. You never told me. You had the truth, you knew the truth, and you never told me. Some have not the knowledge of God, and I speak this to your shame. Matthew. 9.36, but when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. The harvest truly is plenteous. You realize there's enough people out there to fill this building a hundred times? How many people would love to experience what you experience every Sunday morning, but you never told them? The harvest truly is, truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that we send labors in this harvest. How many of y'all would be honest with me this, this morning? Say you know somebody that's lost. Would you, would you raise your hand? You know somebody's lost. You raise it high. Raise it high. Let me ask you this. If they die in their condition, where would they go? It's unacceptable. Why should we tell people who's heard it five times and not tell one that's heard it zero? Church, I ain't going to believe this, but we're. Brother, Miss Edna, do you remember when you got your driver's license? Did it seem like yesterday? Is time flying by? Church? Say, preacher, I'm lost. Well, our altar workers, they're coming right now, and they're getting ready. We've got ladies up here. We've got gentlemen up here. You say, oh, but I, I don't know that, that salvation. It may be true. No, it's not hard at all. It's not hard at all. Salvation is one of the most easy things you'll ever do in your life. You've got to make the, the commitment to do it. The Bible says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Listen, we can take a Bible and show you how to be saved. One step, one, two, three, one, one step after another. 
you've got to be willing to come. As every head's bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around. Our altar workers are watching. They're standing ready. If God is dealing with your heart this morning, let's be as respectful as we can. This is the most important hour of the time. As every head's bowed and every eye closed, there's folks in this room right now that's praying for you. Help him, brother, brother Chris. They're praying for you right now. Come on down, Carl. Come on down, buddy. Hallelujah. Johnny, you go over there and greet your brother Carl. He got saved last week. Hallelujah. Hey, God's dealing with you right now. Won't you come? Say, preacher, I'm not 100% sure that I'm saved. That's it right there. I'm not 100% sure I'm saved. Preacher, would you pray for me? There, there ain't a soul looking around. It's, it's me and you and Jesus. I'm not 100% sure I'm saved. Preacher, would you pray for me? Just slip your hand up. Just slip it up and put it right back. God bless you, son. God bless you, son. God bless you. You can. Anybody else? Just be honest with God and me. I'm praying for you right now. Say, preacher, I'm not 100% sure. I'm saying, I see that hand, brother. God bless you, pal. God bless you. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. Anybody else? You say, preacher, I need you to pray for me. I need you to pray for me. God was dealing with my heart when you was preaching. God was dealing with me. And I need you to pray for me. Preacher, I'm not 100% sure if I was to die right now that I'd go to heaven. I'm not sure that I'm saved. God bless you, son. God bless you. I'm going to pray for you. That's it. That's it. Brother Privet, if you'll get your Bible and come up here. Listen, dear Heavenly Father, I'm praying right now for these that have raised their hand. Lord, I'm praying right now for those, Lord, that said, I'm not sure. I'm not 100% sure. If I was to die right now, I'm not 100% sure that I'd go to heaven. God, I remember the day. I remember the day and the hour. Lord, that you convicted me. Lord, I remember when you came and I was so afraid. I remember when I was scared to death. I remember when I was afraid to move because the devil was putting fear in my heart. God, you were waiting there in love with your hand out ready to save me. Father, I thank you for that. Now, Lord, there's some folks here right now that's not sure. Lord, there's some folks here right now that's not saved. They're not sure. Lord, let them have courage. Give them strength. I pray for them to be saved today. I pray for them to have courage to come and let us show them how to take a Bible. Lord, let us show them how to receive you as our personal Savior. Lord, let them come today. As every head's bowed and every eye closed. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Hey, if you slipped up your hand, I'm going to keep every head bowed so you won't be embarrassed. I wouldn't embarrass you for nothing in this world. There's more than one. There's a bunch of you. If you raised your hand right now, would you come? We've got 